Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning, I'm Lily Jamali. Dangerous fire weather over the last two days has allowed flames from several wildfires to fan across Northern California. In El Dorado County, just east of Sacramento, the Caldor Fire has exploded in size over the last day to at least 53,000 acres. Reporter Scott Rod joins us from CAP Radio in Sacramento. Good morning. Good morning, Lily. So this fire, the Caldor Fire, did some pretty serious damage yesterday. What's the latest? Well, it hit a small town called Grizzly Flats, um, and it, it destroyed a number of homes. It destroyed a school. Much of the town was was really hit hard by this fire. This was a fast-moving fire. It came through the area. Uh, fortunately, injuries are relatively few. We've heard of two people who have, who have suffered injuries um, and no fatalities uh, right now. So it's good that it appears that most people who are, everyone who's in that town was able to safely evacuate, which is good. But the, the fire also moved very quickly from there um, and was frankly just gobbling up forest land yesterday, mm. um, just, just burning right through and went towards an area, went towards a road called Mormon Emigrant Trail and, and made its way up towards Highway 50 as well. And you mentioned evacuations. You posted video as you were driving into the fire zone yesterday. We could all see from that video the lane on the other side of you, people trying to get out. It was packed with cars. What kind of guidance are officials giving to residents when it comes to evacuations? The guidance they're giving is get out when told and preferably get out early. Um, You know, there are evacuation warnings and evacuation orders. A warning is just that, a heads up that you may need to leave. Uh, But officials are also saying, you know, don't let that be something that holds you back. If you feel like you should go, if you're under a warning, absolutely do go if you have a safe place to go. And then once that evacuation order hits, pack up and go. In fact, you should probably be packed up before that. Make sure that you have your go bag ready. You have all your documents packed up and ready to go and any essential and valuable items that you want to take with you. Make sure that they're packed before you hear that evacuation warning or order. Yeah. And consider leaving when there is just a warning and not an order. You also were out, um, you know, covering the actual fire as it burned. What were conditions like for firefighters out there? Conditions were, were extreme. There was there was wind coming through. We're actually under a red flag warning right now, uh, which which is posing potentially gusty winds uh, through tonight. And the, the fire was just moving in a very sort of erratic, extreme way throughout the day. There was no containment achieved. Uh, you know, the fire came over this this ridge at one point and came down and it just wasn't containable. It just it just blew right through an area, and and as I said before, was just sort of gobbling up trees. 
And it just speaks to how difficult the situation is right now in terms of trying to contain fires. This thing grew so quickly. And so, again, for folks under evacuation warnings, get out early. Don't wait. And the red flag warning that you mentioned is in effect until 8 o'clock this evening. Folks should know that. Scott Rod from Capital Public Radio in Sacramento, thank you so much. Thank you. As we continue to grapple with COVID-19, pandemic rules that many of us thought we could largely say goodbye to just a few short weeks ago, well, they're returning. The California Report Saul Gonzalez tells us about the latest example of that in L.A. Lily, starting on Thursday of this week, people attending big outdoor public happenings in Los Angeles County, like fairs, parades, concerts, and sporting events, will be required to wear face coverings, even if they've already received a COVID vaccination. The order will cover also called mega events, basically anything where crowds of 10,000 or more are expected. But people will be allowed to remove their masks while eating or drinking. Officials at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood say they're ready to implement the face covering rule this weekend when the L.A. Rams and Chargers play the Raiders and 49ers. Although L.A. County's Public Health Department hasn't yet released precise reasons for the new rule, it's widely seen as a response to the spread of the Delta variant of COVID-19. Wearing a mask, public health officials say, is a simple and inexpensive way to slow the spread of the virus and keep people protected. Lily? Thanks, Saul. That was the California Report, Saul Gonzalez in L.A. The L.A. City Council is expected to vote today on whether to require city employees to be fully vaccinated against COVID-19 by early October. The proposal grants an exemption for medical or religious reasons, and those employees would be regularly tested for the coronavirus, but it doesn't allow employees to simply opt out of regular testing if they're avoiding getting the vaccine for other reasons. The measure does not spell out what would happen to an employee if they refuse to get vaccinated or don't have an exemption. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.
A federal lawsuit filed this week argues that the recall election targeting Governor Gavin Newsom is unconstitutional. From KPCC, Libby Denkman explains. In the lawsuit, lawyers for two California voters say the recall violates the 14th Amendment's Equal Protection Clause and the one-person, one-vote principle in American democracy. For the recall to be successful, more than 50 percent of voters will have to vote yes to remove Gavin Newsom as governor. The second question on the ballot asks voters to choose a replacement candidate. That person could be elected with far fewer votes than Newsom receives from his supporters. The plaintiffs, Rex Julian Bieber and A.W. Clark, argue this dilutes the power of voters who oppose the recall. For example, even if 49% of voters want to keep Newsom in office, just a small number, maybe 15%, could pick the next governor. The plaintiffs are seeking a preliminary injunction to halt the election, or falling short of that, to add Governor Newsom to the ballot as a candidate. County election officials are mailing ballots to all 22 million registered voters in California, and the bulk of those will hit mailboxes by the end of the week. For the California Report, I'm Libby Denkman. Well, the state attorney general's office is going to independently review the actions of a former BART police officer who was involved but was never criminally charged in the 2009 shooting of Oscar Grant. KQED's Suki Lewis reports. 24-year-old Grant was fatally shot in the back at the Fruitvale BART station by Officer Johannes Meserly, who was later convicted of manslaughter. Now, more than a decade later, the state DOJ says it will look into a second involved officer, Anthony Peroni. Grant's mother, Wanda Johnson. Nothing can bring my son back, but my family sure can help other families. And that's what our goal is. BART fired Peroni finding his aggressive and improper actions contributed to a chaotic scene leading to Grant's shooting. Peroni's lawyer didn't immediately respond to a request for comment. For the California Report, I'm Suki Lewis. Thousands of people in Afghanistan are trying to flee the country after Taliban forces took control this weekend. Many are looking to come to the U.S. and organizations say they're willing to help. That includes the nonprofit World Relief, which has an office in Sacramento. The California Report's Keith Mizuguchi spoke with the organization's director, Carrie Ham, about what the future might look like for those who do get out. There is a process of resettlement that, that is really broken into two parts. First, someone has to be referred or applies to to be resettled in the United States as a refugee. And there are a lot of checks and uh, processes of who can apply and who is eligible. Uh, second, a very extensive process overseen by uh, the Department of State to make sure that everyone is uh, safe and who they say they are. That second part is here in the United States where people begin their new life uh, and go through the process of moving to a new location, finding housing, enrolling children in school, uh, getting identification and connection to services, employment, and uh, many things that go into what it means to, you know, begin to live normally in a new home. With what we're seeing in Afghanistan right now, do you believe that the most challenging part for the refugees there is just getting out of the country to begin with? Right. What is happening in Afghanistan is is definitely a little bit of a different situation. Now, in this particular case, because of what is happening and what has happened, 
uh, with the rapid takeover by the Taliban, they're in very fast grave danger. And so what what we need to do is be able to expedite getting those people out um, to a safe place. A lot of these people have gone through years and years of either war or abuse by governments, so much trauma that I imagine that's part of the, I guess, rebuilding process when they come to the U.S. Absolutely. In Afghanistan, a country that has been at war for over 40 years and has been at war with direct involvement with the United States for 20 years, there is an extreme amount of trauma fear that many people have been living with for a long time. Trauma is, it, it is definitely something that people bring with them and, and it affects the ability uh, to, you know, start a new life. And, and those things have to be addressed. I know a lot of people are looking to help, um, whether they have um, relatives in Afghanistan or not. How can people in the community help this process alone? There are a lot of ways you can get involved. First, when we talk about the people who are still trying to get to safety, please connect with your with your representatives uh, to ensure that as Americans we keep our promise and that we take care of the people that helped us uh, in Afghanistan. And then locally, wherever you are in California, uh, there are likely resettlement agencies near you. And I would reach out, to, reach out to those agencies. There are volunteer opportunities. Right now, with the number of people coming from Afghanistan, there are many different ways to get involved, donations of household goods, financial donations, or using your time. So there are a lot of different ways where you can get involved and help this situation. Carrie Hamm is Director of World Relief Sacramento. Carrie, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you, Keith. And that is the California Report for this Wednesday, August 18th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Lily Jamali. Thanks for listening. Support for the California Report comes from the law firm Perkins Coie, a trusted legal advisor to innovative companies and industry leaders throughout California and the world. Learn more at PerkinsCOIE.com. Paint Care. Now with 800 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. 
Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.